1: Donald Trump just filed with the United States Supreme Court an application for a stay of the D.C. Circuit's mandate pending the filing of a petition for a writ of certiorari. This is in connection with the D.C. Circuit Court affirming the district court rejecting Donald Trump's claim of absolute presidential immunity. You'll recall last week that the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals in affirming federal judge Tanya Chutkin's order denying Donald Trump's motion to dismiss on absolute presidential immunity grounds gave Donald Trump until... February 12th to file an application for a stay of the D.C. Circuit's mandate pending the filing of a petition for writ of certiorari. Otherwise, the mandate, in essence, the judgment um, by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals would otherwise be sent to the D.C. Federal Court, commanding the D.C. Federal Court to continue its proceedings in that criminal case by filing this application for a stay with the United States Supreme Court. In effect, it delays the D.C. Circuit's mandate issuing, meaning the proceedings remain frozen at the district court level now, until the Supreme Court makes its determination first about whether it will grant this stay or continuing pause of the proceedings. I'll go over what the standard for that is in a moment. And thereafter, if the Supreme Court grants a stay, whether or not the Supreme Court will hear certiorari or oral argument before the Supreme Court, the same way the Supreme Court last week heard oral argument in the 14th Amendment Section 3 disqualification case after granting certiorari in early January of 2024, a similar request would be made by Donald Trump to the United States Supreme Court. But first, the question is whether the Supreme Court will grant this application for a stay and continue. Continue to pause the proceedings at the district court level after the DC Circuit Court of Appeals made its ruling affirming that Donald Trump does not have absolute presidential immunity. There is a three prong test that must be met, and it is a balancing test for the Supreme Court to grant an application for stay of a D.C. Circuit's mandate in a case like this. First, is the question is, is there a probability that the United States Supreme Court would eventually grant certiorari or full oral argument on a specific case? The second question is, is there a, what is the chances? Is there a probability that there would be a reversal of the DC Circuit Court of Appeals ruling. And then the third factor is whether there would be irreparable harm that would be caused in this case, to somebody, the losing party. In this case, it's uh, criminal defendant Donald Trump if the Supreme Court does not uh, stay the proceedings pending uh, certiorari or full oral argument on the issue of absolute presidential immunity. You know, one of the, um, I guess, the scheming maneuvers that Donald Trump does in this uh, petition uh, for a stay or in this application for a stay, is Trump hints at that what he's going to try to do is not only appeal to the United States Supreme Court, but first seek an en banc review before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, meaning before all of the judges who comprise the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, Trump is hinting in this application that he would like to go to them either first or simultaneously with the United States Supreme Court and get their ruling first. You may recall, based on our reporting of what the D.C. Circuit panel did, which was made up of Judge Henderson, Pan, and Childs, they specifically said that any on banc petition would not stay the mandate and the case would still proceed with the district court. So only upon a filing to the Supreme Court would the mandate be stayed temporarily until the Supreme Court rules, which is what Donald Trump did. But Donald Trump's now going to the United States Supreme Court and basically saying, look, We want to go to you for certiorari, we want you to hear this, but we also intend to take this other step and go before the en banc panel, all of the judges in the D.C. Circuit, so can you also not just stay the proceedings before the district court Um, until you decide whether or not you, Supreme Court, want to grant certiorari, but also stay it to allow us to perhaps first go to the en banc panel. And all of that is a lot of kind of, you know, legalese for Trump wants to delay and first go to the um, en banc panel of all of the judges who form the D.C. I think he knows at the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, Trump knows he'll lose there. And then he'll try to go to the Supreme Court because all he He's trying to do is delay, delay, delay. Let's take a look at this application for a stay that Donald Trump filed. First, let me just remind you of the judgment that was issued last week um, in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals so you know why this is being filed today. You see right here, it's before Judge Henderson, Judge Childs, and Judge Pan. And this is where they affirmed Judge Tanya Chutkin's order. It says, this case came on to be heard on the record on appeal from the United States District Court for the District of Columbia and was argued by counsel on consideration thereof. It is ordered and adjudged that the order of the district court, that's Judge Tanya Chutkin, appealed from in this cause be affirmed, affirming Judge Chutkin, rejecting Donald Trump's claim of absolute presidential immunity in accordance with the opinion of the court filed here in this state and the court issued like a 54 page opinion the clerk is directed to withhold issuance of the mandate so hold sending this directive and to the district court through february 12 2024 today if within that period appellant trump notifies the clerk in writing that he has filed an application with the supreme court for a stay of the mandate pending the filing of a petition for writ of certiorari The disposition of this application, um, the clerk is directed rather, to withhold the issuance of the mandate pending the Supreme Court's final disposition of this application. The filing of a petition for rehearing or rehearing on Bonk will not result in any withholding of the mandate, although the grant of a rehearing or rehearing in Bonk would result in the recalling of a mandate um, if it is already issued. So that is how the D.C. Circuit framed it, a tight deadline for Donald Trump to file this petition for a stay or application for a stay with the Supreme Court.
0: Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S. You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant content consultation forever. Fast growing trees is truly incredible from their breathtakingly beautiful plants and trees to their amazing customer support. There's no one I trust more. Plus I save so much money by not using an overpriced landscaper. I'm obsessed with my Meyer lemon tree that I ordered from fast growing trees and I'm growing it indoors. The experts at fast growing trees curate thousands of plants so you can find the perfect fit for your specific climate location and needs. You don't have to drive around nurseries and big gardening centers. Fast growing trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped to your door in one to two days. Whether you're looking to add some privacy, shade, or natural beauty to your yard, Fast Growing Trees has in-house experts ready to ship and help you make the right selection with growing and care advice available 24-7. For a limited time, not only can you buy one, get one free on their website, but listeners to our show get an additional 15% off when using the code LEGALAF at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code LEGALAF at checkout, fastgrowingtrees.com, code LEGALAF. This offer is valid for a limited time. Tell them we sent you. I've been using Fast Growing Trees for years. I'm so thrilled they're our sponsor. So
1: here's the application for a stay of the DC Circuit's mandate, pending the
0: filing of a
1: petition for writ of certiorari. Again, that means Trump has not yet filed the writ of certiorari, which is actually like the petition, the appeal itself, and the request that the court hear the appeal of the D.C. Circuit. Trump's just saying Supreme Court stay or pause the mandate issuing because the D.C. Circuit said that they will issue the mandate if you don't do so. So here are the questions presented, and this is from Trump's brief, whether the doctrine of absolute presidential immunity includes immunity from criminal prosecution for a president's official acts, those performed within the outer perimeter of his official responsibility, whether the impeachment judgment clause and principles of double jeopardy foreclose the criminal prosecution of a president who has been impeached and acquitted by the U.S. Senate, for the same and or closely related conduct that underlies the criminal charges. By the way, I think they state the wrong questions presented there. The question presented here is, should the Supreme Court grant a stay of the mandate pending a resolution of the issues of absolute presidential immunity? The question presented as of now is that, not the broader issue. Those would be the questions presented on certiorari, not the questions now. So that's just an interesting technical thing. And then it says in terms of the parties to the proceedings, they say the applicant, and they always refer to Donald Trump as the president. And the D.C. Circuit made clear that he's either criminal defendant or former president or just citizen Trump. And right here it says the respondent is the United States of America uh, special counsel. You go through all the table of contents that has all of the case law citations, and here's what the brief states. The application is deja vu all over again. Two months ago, after the district court denied Trump's claim of presidential immunity in the criminal case, the special counsel filed a petition for certiorari before judgment, asking this court to undertake the extraordinary departure from ordinary appellate procedure and decide the vital and historic question of presidential immunity on a hyper-accelerated basis. This court correctly chose to follow standard judicial process and declined to do so. Now at the special counsel's urging, A panel of the D.C. Circuit has, in an extraordinarily fast manner, issued a decision on Trump's claim of immunity and order that the mandate be returned to the district court to proceed with Trump's criminal trial in four business days unless this court intervenes as it should. This court should stay the DC Circuit's mandate to forestall once again an unprecedented and unacceptable departure from ordinary appellate procedure and allow Trump's claim of immunity to be decided in the ordinary course of justice. In other words, delay, delay, delay. Do not hear this on an expedited basis. Let's go through a very slow process. Trump then argues the reasons to do so are compelling. Trump's claim that presidents have absolute immunity from criminal prosecution for their official acts presents novel, complex, and momentum, momentous questions that warrants careful consideration on appeal. The panel opinion below, like the district court, concludes that presidential immunity from prosecution for official acts does not exist at all. This is a stunning breach of precedent of, and historical norms. In 234 years of American history, no president has ever been prosecuted for his official acts nor should they be presidents must take the most sensitive and far reaching decisions entrusted under our constitutional system. Of course, here the DC circuit like judge Tanya Chuck and found that the text structure and history of the constitution does not support criminal conduct by presidents and that they could be prosecuted once they're former um, presidents. If the prosecution of a president is upheld, such prosecutions will recur and become increasingly common ushering in a destructive cycle of recrimination. No, um, This is me speaking now. No, it wouldn't. It just means do not commit crimes to try to overthrow free and fair elections. Um, It goes on to say that Trump's application, they claim, easily satisfied the court's traditional factors for granting a stay of the mandate pending unbank review and review of certiorari by this court. First, it says the likelihood that this court will grant certiorari in the future is extremely strong. And here, I I want to give credit where credit was due. It was a smart move by Trump's lawyer here. They cite special counsel Jack Smith's brief in seeking expedited review for the United States Supreme Court previously, which the Supreme Court rejected. And here, Trump's arguing, look, Jack Smith said that you should hear this uh, on certiorari. So Jack Smith says that you should hear it. We say you should hear it. So this is something that you should clearly hear on certiorari for the same reason that Jack Smith previously Previously requested that you hear. I thought that's a look. I want to be objective. I think that's a smart legal strategy right there to say, look, Jack Smith made the same request, and he said these are important issues that the court must hear. This is where I think it will rise or fall, though. Second, Trump argues there is far more than a fair prospect that this court will reverse the decision below. And then they go on to say that this concept of absolute presidential immunity exists and that the D.C. Circuit shouldn't reject it. And you're likely to overturn what the D.C. Circuit does. That's where I think this is going to hinge on the balancing of factor number two. And then Trump argues third, absent a stay from this court, irreparable injury to Trump is inevitable. And then it says that because immunity would result in the case being dismissed if it's granted, allowing Allowing the trial to proceed would cause irreparable harm. So I think that prong to the likelihood of, or a fair prospect is the standard. Is there, is there more than a fair prospect that the court will reverse? That's the key element that I'm going to be looking at. But this is the filing by Trump. I just want to give it to you in how it's written, how it's drafted. You know, Ultimately, we'll see what the Supreme Court does, if they're going to... Grant certiorari doesn't mean they find in favor of Trump on the appeal, to be clear. It's just will they keep the other case paused pending a decision first about whether or not to hear the appeal, and then if they hear the appeal, then they make their ruling, and then we have to look at the time frame that they set. So there's a number of issues before they get to their final decision. Ultimately, here the Supreme Court's not issuing anything on the merits, or even whether to hear the case, it's just whether to allow a stay or pause of the district court to continue until the certiorari is requested. And then if that is accepted, then you go to oral argument, and then what's the time schedule there. Is it quick like a month or is it shorter? That's what we have for now. I'll keep you posted as we learn more. I'm Ben Micellis. This is the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 3 million subscribers. Thanks to your support and have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.